Hello, welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Waster. I'm your host, and uh, this is my podcast. Wow, my lisp was really in full effect right there. Did you hear that? Did you hear my speech impediment? Anyway, moving forward, how dare you? My guest today is director Elliot Lester. Now, Elliot is responsible for a myriad of incredible films, uh, some of which include Nightingale, Love is the Drug, Blitz, Chop Shop. He is also the producer responsible for Basmati Blues, Captive. Uh, the list goes on. Uh, mind your own business. There's a thing called Google. Look him up, you guys. Look him up, why don't you? You can also find him on Instagram at Elliot Lester. Now, I'm known for uh, misspelling his name, and I've only met him uh, not very long ago, but it's what I'm known for with him. Here's how you spell his Instagram handle. E-L-L-I-O-T-T-L-E-S-T-E-R 88. Yeah, add an 88 to that. I don't know why. Just do it. That's how you find him on Instagram. Anyway, even more importantly, uh, I met Elliot. I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Elliot Lester because he's dating my best friend, Brooke Doolian. Oh, my God. I need to have Brooke on the show at some point. I've been hiding her. Uh, she's a secret treasure in my life uh, as far as, you know, secret to you guys. We've been friends for a gazillion years. She is the most loyal, wonderful, kind, big-hearted, beautiful woman in the entire world. Uh, she has a company. It's called Rookski LA, and uh, they make beautiful hand-poured luxury candles and perfume oils, and uh, you should look into that. Find them on Instagram as well at Rookski LA. That's R-U-K-S-K-E underscore L-A. Anyway, so Elliot is on the show today and we talk about, uh, you know, all the usual stuff I enjoyed talking about. It was a pleasure to have him on the show. We talk about relationships, love, movie making, insecurities, uh, the story of his life and, uh, you know, the ups and downs of Tinseltown. And uh, I, think, uh, I think that's all I need to tell you guys because after uh, several weeks of pouring out my soul in the intros of these podcasts, I don't have anything left to say, at least for this week. You know, I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm not spiraling. I'm not emotionally spiraling over my, you know, my relationship or the world or yakety schmackety, whatever. I just want things to be good, and I don't want to keep uh, pick, picking at, uh, you know, I just don't want to keep talking about problems and insecurities and uh, mental spirals that I've gone through because I'm good. I'm good this week. I feel good. Let's leave it at that, and uh, stop celebrating. Uh, you know whatever's been uh, going on in the recesses of my mind. But I do want to say I had a wonderful girls' night in gathering this past Sunday. It was so beautiful. It was held at Good Form Los Angeles. It's uh, this beautiful kind of retro salon that I go to. Um, it was so lovely. We began the night. Uh, in case you guys don't know what I'm talking about, girls' night in is a, an all-girl gathering um, I throw on a monthly basis, and uh, girls only, and, you know... Uh, it's an opportunity. I do it so women can make uh, female friends, mix, mingle, and we all go around in a circle and just talk about what we're feeling. It's almost like an Al-Anon meeting or a codependent anonymous meeting, but uh, except there's alcohol and pizza and gift bags for all the girls. And, you know, it's like they buy tickets to the event. And it was so cathartic and lovely and wonderful. And everybody was so kind. So thank you to all of you who came out. And uh, I don't know when I'm going to do another Girls' Night In gathering, but... Um, if you're interested, I offer these things called big sister sessions. 
in person if you're in Los Angeles or over Skype or FaceTime uh, if you you can't meet up in person in LA. And to find out about Big Sister Sessions, it's essentially where I serve as the role, like as the part of your big sister. And you uh, you talk to me about everything you're going through, almost like you're, uh, I'm your therapist, except I'm completely unqualified, except I go through everything. I've been through everything, so you don't have to make all the same mistakes I've made. And I read all the self-help books and I go to all the meetings and all the seminars and I do all the internal work. So I'm here to give you answers and action tools and steps and homework to uh, to walk away with after a big sister session um, so you can feel loved and heard and... Uh, and excited about moving forward with all your uh, with all the homework that I give you, and I've had like a million big sister sessions so far, and I'm meeting so many incredible women. I only do it for women, um, and uh, you know I hope to do a million more. So if you want to find out about that and you want more information or you want to book a session, go to my Instagram at Alexi Wasser and click the link in my bio, and uh, I look forward to meeting you. But all that aside, listen, uh, this is a great episode. Uh, I think, let me tell you all the normal things you got to say in a podcast intro. If you like this podcast, and I truly hope that you do, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. I'm not kidding. All that, doing all that stuff and spreading the word and telling people about this show really matters to me. So please go ahead and do that if you would. And, um, you know, let's be friends on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Alexi Wasser. And if you want to support the show financially so I can get equipment and I can continue to do it because, you know, this is an independent podcast, um, uh, if, you know, if you'd like to support it, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Alexi and any donation is appreciated. Or you could even fucking Venmo me at Alexi Wasser. Whatever you want to do would be wonderful and I will love you forever. Um, You know, what else is there to say? I think I've said it all. Um, You guys... Please enjoy my conversation with Mr. Elliot Lester. Oh, hello, hello. All right, Elliot Lester, sit down. Get in there, Elliot. Oh, yeah, we're going to have the doors. Sandy, thank you for all your help. Incredible. In-house engineer. In-house engineer. Turn your phone off, turn your screen down. I have limeade. You have lime and coffee, in. and From you have raspberries and chocolate. Raspberries, chocolate, free water. Oh my god! Hold on. Let me what else do you want? Do you need anything else? Mm-mm. Oh my god! We get, let's get grounded in our truth. It's all <laughs> happening. This is very odd. Okay, everybody. I hope that the levels are good. I hope you can hear us. Whatever. Do you feel comfortable? I'm very comfortable. This yes. is so phallic and insane. It's like just too much. I'm not. I'm used to like old timey. My old timey mics that I hold. Like I'm like gonna. Whatever. Are you uh, rocking the mic? Looks like I'm on some 70s like talk show right. that nobody's ever heard of or seen. Anyway, all right. Well, okay. We're in Santa Monica. Let's set the stage for the listeners. Yes. Where are we exactly? We're actually in Santa Monica. You're right. We are we're, in Santa Monica. Uh, we're in the offices of Chromista. Now, what is Chromista? It's the office that we share with Darren Aronofsky. What? Who? I can't believe it. You just dropped that name over there. <laughs> I've, uh, yes. Uh, Where is he? Where is he? Well, he's not, I think he's in Armenia right now. Doing what? He didn't want to be on the, on the cast, as they say, showbiz? I'm sure he would love to. Anyway. All right. Are we here to talk about Darren? No, I'm just fucking we around can. with you. I don't want to. No, so, we're, so you share it with him. Yeah, I, um, I, he produced a movie for me that I did called Aftermath, which starred Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, my goodness. And well, like, 
take us to that. How did this all happen? You want to go backwards. I want to go backwards. I want to make sure my levels are good. We're going to go backwards in time. We're going to go backwards in time. And also, like, can we tell the listeners that the, that the only reason we know each other is because you're dating my friend? Or do you want to keep that under wraps? I think we. I think the secret's out now. The secret's out. I mean, I can edit. I can edit anything you want to. But okay, so I, of course, I yeah. met. But Elliot. that doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like it should be. No, it sounds great. But it's just so funny how like podcasts come to be, and I'm just excited that I like you know I'm on the road. I've taken the podcast on the road. Mm. I'm uh you know out of my normal comfort zone, and I met Elliot. Uh, what is it? A week ago? Two weeks ago? But where did we meet? I met you at. But what was the occasion? At Shabbat. That's right. Shabbat's back. Shabbat is back and bigger <laughs> than ever. <laughs> Definitely at our house. Oh my God. I was late. I missed the prayer. You I, were there. That's the main thing. I was there. I ate bread. You know, I brought my, my, my boyfriend to... Very dashing, by you, the way. You think he's dashing? Very handsome. How come? Fine looking pair. You think so? I think handsome couple. I, I think, think so. beautiful babies in the future. I hope so. And, and wonderment and... Uh, <sighs> God, that's you the seem dream. to gaze at each other in the right way. Did he gaze at me? I don't think he could stop gazing at you. Are you fucking with me? Because I want to believe this. I, I don't no, want. I mean, you know, I, this I think is, he was. You can't be cynical about love, even in the age of the app. You have yeah. to be. You have to want to believe. I'm trying to believe. I go Instagram crazy, and I know you go through that. With Instagram. Inst- I go Instagram crazy. I know you don't do this, but I know that you're aware that women can go, get psycho going down like wormholes on Instagram, being jealous over like right. the activity of their partner. Now, what do you think of that when women, because my boyfriend doesn't mm-hmm. like it. He thinks it's insane to be paying attention to his Instagram activity and then believing false stories. I, I think it's a way of you showing how much you care. It's a way of... Um, of you being your version of being attentive to him, and men always don't always understand that uh, to be emotionally connected to a woman, they don't necessarily want you to be sappy. They want you to just understand them. Oh yeah. And I think that he he clearly understands you, but probably would rather you not to spend weeks lost in the. <laughs> in, the, in the Instagram jealousy you can't, I mean, because it's, so, it's kind of interesting because Instagram really is the new magazine, isn't it, really? It's kind of... I guess so, yeah. Nothing on there is really real. Yeah. It's Ugh. just dealing just, with phantoms, but more to the point is that you, you looked incredibly happy together. We did? And um, that's really nice to see. Well, so did you. I am happy. I'm so glad. Well, yeah, so that's the thing. I met you at Shabbat mm. dinner and you are dating my friend. Yes, and we have a, a candle company together. Well. You do? It's your candle company too now? I, apparently so. What? When did I this mean, happen? It's not really my main business, but oh, I mean, it's a business. How did you two meet? I met her on Raya. You did? Yeah, I, I was a big fan of the apps. I the, had too good of a time. You did? Until I hit the, uh, the iceberg of uh, Brooke Dillian. Oh my God, you said her full name on the podcast. This is great. My baby. Oh my God. See, I feel like my boyfriend isn't as effusive. Well, he's also an so he's probably quite... In his head? In his head. He is so in his head. He's so quiet. He doesn't talk just for the sake of talking, and that's all I do. That's how but I live my life. when he speaks, you listen, right? I do, and usually it's much more logical and grounded. Yeah, he's and probably like Yoda or something. I think he is. I'm doing all this bullshit self-help work, right? and he does none of it because he's already there, I think, without even realizing it, and he's just like, manifestation, right. yoga... You're probably, you're probably an amazing yang to his yin. That's probably what it is. I think so. I hope so. I just hope I don't... Uh, I got to stop talking up. about this. I don't know if I want to... Uh, I don't know. Well, you just did. 
I did. You kind of battered your eyes as, as if to say, I hope I don't... Fuck it up. I just, uh, I wish I could be more secure in, uh... I do hate Instagram, though. I'm going to go off on this, and we're totally going to get back to you. We are going to throw No, no, it wait a minute. You're going but, somewhere very interesting well, with that, if you don't mind. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, th- I feel very confident most of the time, but then I do think that, uh, I hate Instagram, and I want to control situations, and I want to... I don't, I don't know. I just feel like it's like this danger zone and it feeds into people's insecurities. So it really comes down to me being secure and That's whatever. That's interesting because you've, you're acknowledging that and you know that it's actually probably not very good for you. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like well, it's like also, the new maybe porn. Maybe this is the first time in a while you've been vulnerable. Yeah, I think so. And it's not something that's necessarily familiar. Oh, Yeah. I, 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 just, uh, I actually want to stop talking about all I've been doing is talking about okay, Instagram. Instagram spirals, it's so boring. You asked me at Raya. Raya's fun. Raya was very good. I've been on Raya too, yeah. I matched with some very interesting ladies. You did? Uh, Bethany Frankel. You did? I can't believe Exclusive. Yeah, I can't Bethany believe Frankel it. Did you go on a date with Bethany Frankel? Uh, um, well, what happened was that we were having a conversation and then I met Brooke and then I sent a message saying, look, I'm, I'm sorry, but... I've met somebody and I thought it would be disingenuous to carry on talking to you. I can't believe it. Yeah. I would go on a date with Bethany Frankel. Just for the skinny vodka. I'm just the for the skinny, skinny girl skinny margarita. Girl, yeah. She's got a whole thing. I mean, so yeah. I, I would, uh, if so, if Brooke, if your girlfriend was ever on Real Housewives, would, she, would you ever allow her to be a cast member on Real Housewives? I don't Housewives? think I can allow or disallow anyone to do anything. They're free will. You're saying all the right things today. But I mean, it's true. Saying all what the right am I going to do? You can't. I'm going to put a collar on you. I mean, <laughs> but would you, but you two live together now. And by the way, you moved in so quickly. Yeah. How, well, how 40, does this work? I'm in my 40s. You're in your 40s. And when you know, you know. You and you know, you know, you have a child. I, have an, I do. I have an 11 year old little man. An 11 year old. What uh, is everybody getting along? Is, is uh, Brooke Smith the ex? Yeah, they How went to the work? desert. They went to Joshua Tree yesterday. Wait, your ex wife? No, no. My son and Brooke went to the de- the, to Joshua Tree. Yesterday. What? Yeah, Lean I, into the mic. I don't want to lose. I don't want to miss went, a beat. They went to uh, Joshua Tree. How, how long have you guys been together for? Four months? Wait, here, hold on one second. I am steamrolling this. This will end up being a great podcast, I'm sure. But, okay. I was on my second date at the. I went to the Getty with uh, the guy that I'm with, my boyfriend. So odd to say it. Uh, on a second date with him at the Getty, and that was the day that Brooke was going on her first date with you, and she mm. told me I'm going on a hike, and this is the outfit I'm going to wear, and what do you think? And she sent me you know photos and mm. videos and whatever, and uh, and so you guys have been together like a week, like just you're a week behind us. So you've been together for but she's nearly dumped, four months. She's dumped me maybe five times. She has. I don't blame her, but not what recently. What did you do? What did you not do? recently. Um, got- I, I don't know if I did anything specifically. I don't know oh, if there's a need to discuss that. Yeah, please don't say anything you don't want to say because I really don't want to have to make edits. So you've got to edit, <laughs> like you're editing in the camera, okay? Just uh, okay. in your mind. I just eye. edited. Yes. Good. So, yeah, but you've been like together nearly four months, yes. a week away from four months. Yes. And, uh, and you moved in when? And you said, I love you when? And you became boyfriend and girlfriend when? Like uh, a couple of months ago. I, I, it was all very natural. I didn't... I was like, well, you know, being with you is really natural, so I think we can take these next steps together and we can like each other until we don't, you know? Yeah. And it's been really lovely. But you did say... So you, she's broken up with you. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah, She has little exactly. explosions, blah, blah, yakety schmackety. Yeah. But how much... And this sparked a question in me where I asked uh, my boyfriend, my boyfriend, my boyfriend, my boyfriend, is it working? Is everything good? Low battery. <gasps> Low battery? We're fucked. Hold on. Do you need a... Do you have a charger? I think we're completely fine. Okay. 
Okay, so that is what I want to ask you. I wanted to know, so you've had these moments, these blips, these mini explosions, yes. and you guys are still together and you're better than ever. Mm. How much is a man willing, how much bullshit and craziness from a woman is a man willing to put up with before he goes, all right, we're done? There's that great expression, um, if the shit is bigger than the cat, then it's not worth it. If the shit is bigger than the cat, it's not worth it? And um, I'm not there yet. That's good. <laughs> it depends how much shit. I mean, yeah. you have to weigh everything up. Yeah. You know? uh, hmm. Give girls who are listening advice, since you're a smart, successful British man who lives in America. So you're all topsy-turvy. You got advice? All these yeah, like how about, you know, things just men are more simple. Or like just give men us- are actually very basic. Yeah. Men are really, really basic. They're not thinking in the way you think we're thinking. What are you thinking about? Well, you know, it's, 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 we're cavemen. You know, it's, it's meat, meat, rock, woman. Um, leave us alone. Leave you alone. Leave us alone. Okay, so just re- is what more Wait, to give me advice? Just relax and be happy. No, because I think that's impossible to relax and be happy. Yeah, but I think moment by moment is 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 one way to try and do it. Moment by moment, so I think I'm really enjoying my time here with you right now, and yeah. I'm gonna be here with you right now, and that's good. And yeah, you can't live in the the what if. You'll drive yourself mad that way. Yeah. Which is kind of almost like Instagram, isn't it? It's like your aspirations of being kind of trolled in front of you. Like, what if I was there in Cabo with all those people getting drunk, yeah. doing blow? See, I never be present. Be I know. Present. I mean, that sounds quite yogi, but that's quite. That's my advice. I'm that's, not always good at it. Yeah, but you know, um, sometimes we we gravitate towards the uh, the highlights, the high points. You know, the, whether they're dramatic. Yeah. You know, most people aren't that extreme, are they? They're not that extreme. They're not. They're okay. Oh, boy. Oh, God, I had a whole... Can you have one lunch at a time? Oh Can't my... have it all, all the time. Yeah. Even I... Alexis Carrington wore it... jeans. She did at some sometimes. <laughs> Never on camera. Oh, my God. Oh, I was going to say something. Something right. magical and incredible. Do it. I can't remember. It's, Shazam. Uh, it slipped my mind. God damn it. No. Oh, well, relationships, something? Yeah. I don't know what it was. Something. Um, okay. Take me up to now. What happened? Were you born and raised where? Um, I lived uh, from London. Yeah. And I've lived all over the world. Mm-hmm. I, um, I lived in India for about a year and a half so when I was 17. How come? Um, my family are very open. and I come from um, quite... An artistic family. My mother's a painter. Artistic? Artistic. Okay, got it. <laughs> cool, cool. Keep going. Don't artistic. stop. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and at the age of 17, I was like, I think I'm going to go and live in India. So I went off and I lived in India. Best way to lose weight, by the way. Just because you're dysentery. I was on the dysentery, yeah, on the dysentery I'm, diet. I'm hoping for a tapeworm any oh day God. now. I had to, you lost 70 pounds while I was there. But I did, I had an amazing time. I went, you know, I, I, I traveled all around and um, I wasn't looking for anything specifically. Yeah. Maybe Indian food, mm-hmm. but I wasn't looking for, you know, some people take these giant spiritual journeys. I just wanted to see the Himalayas. Yeah. Ride on buses. So you're 17 mangoes. years old. Yeah. Eat mangoes? Is Eat that what you're mangoes. saying? Okay. I had so, a wonderful time though. So when did you know 
what you wanted to do with your life? Because I know you're an Oh, eight. that's much later. Like, how did that happen? Well, how I did that unfold? University. I went to university. Which well, one? I went to, to Leeds University. And I was kind of... I wasn't, I wasn't the greatest of students. I was a good student. I wasn't the greatest academic. But I did. I got a good degree. And um, while I was there, I took a year off. And I went to a place called Uzbekistan. And I became a shepherd. What? Yeah, and I steered cattle in the Kamush Khan. And um, I thought, oh, that's, that's definitely not a job I would want full time. How old were you then? Am I being 19, punked? You were 19? 19? 19, yeah. We, okay. went to, we went to, it was great. It was great. And I turned up in, in Tashkent, which is the capital of Uzbekistan. And, you know, they're quite serious people, the Uzbeks. And I rented a van from a man called Horseshit. Uh, Horseshit Vyadov. What? Yeah, we had to do the contract in English. It's the first contract I wrote. I saw someone write down horseshit. The first of my name is horseshit. Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so you're signing contracts I'm with signing horseshit. Signing contract with horseshit and um, living your life. Driving around Uzbekistan, riding Arabians, quite glamorous. So beautiful tan. Beautiful tan. But what was the moment when you're like, "This is what I meant to be doing"? What, when did filmmaker? you get? Into, when did you get into filmmaking? Like, well, how I, did that I, unfold? I had a, I had a kind of a crazy, I came back, went to university. Then I got engaged to the Contessa de Valdemir, who's the great granddaughter of Edward VII. Where did you meet her? I met her, um, I met her in a pub, just hanging out, as you do. Yeah. And then her name was Arabella. Mm-hmm. And Arabella and I fell madly in love. Is this who you had your son with? No. Okay. I was in my 20s. And yeah. um, I became a production assistant, which is like a runner. In England, I was working on these Japanese commercials, and um, I just it was too boisterous for England, and I thought I'm going to go to the Americas. So I said to Arabella, "I said I'm off to the colonies." Oh my god! I'm off to the colonies, and she said, "Okay, I'll see you when you get back." And then it never happened. Well, I travelled around the Americas, and I fell in love with it. I was such a schmuck. What happened? Well, you you know, I went from New York down to Washington to Farmville, Virginia, Appomattox, Louisiana, Mm -hmm. hitchhiked all the way across to Los Angeles and landed in uh, Encino. Landed in Encino. Yeah. That sounds like your next film. Such a moron. I I would tell people, where are you staying? I live in the valley. I know. I'd be like, well, you do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the valley. Anyway, I came back and then uh, decided I wanted to be in America. And I, um, uh, I came back and I, I, got a, I knew two people here who were these two Irish girls, uh, Janice and Linda, and they got me a job working for this Rastafarian Jewish guy called Max. Mm-hmm. His name's Max, and he was a producer. And he did Born Again Christian. Oh, no, he would do... Um, that's a different story. Oh. He would do... Um, Country and Western videos. Yeah. And of course, I knew nothing about country and Western. I was from England. So we'd be working with like Tim McGrath and Brooks and Dunn and all these like legends. How did you end up meeting him? How did you start? Uh, through Janice. Okay. Through Janice. And, and, and Janice is a very nice Irish girl. And she'd be like, now go and see Max. I'll give you a job. Yeah. And Max, he was like, hey, okay. So if you're going to work here, uh, you got to know like lunch is really important. Oh, God. And he goes, I want you to go for first test. Go and get me a blackened salmon po' boy from the farmer's market. And that was my entree into being a production slut. Yeah. I wasn't very good. You weren't very good. But I did, I did find my niche as a, a first assistant director. I ended up 
working for a man called Tony K. Oh, okay. How did that happen? Okay, Tony K. Oh, boy. How did that happen? um, My friend was his assistant, and he was working on a movie at the time called American History X. Mm -hmm. And they were doing reshoots and pickups, and Tony was like, you're going to be my first AD. And um, I didn't know what I was doing, but here I was first ADing. How old were you? 23. 23, and he just liked you, something about you. Is he British? He's British. He's yeah. British. Okay. And, and I worked on this movie with Ed Norton and Tony Kay. Just I, I really shouldn't have been there. But I, we know when you're younger, you don't know any better. Yeah, and you have like just blind. Yeah. It was stupid. And I worked from that. I could dine out on that. So I worked for Vincent Gallo. Doing what? Uh, I worked with him on a movie called Hollywood Salome. How did I not see that movie? I no feel one like saw it because there's a bunch of movies that, that Vincent's done that you would never see. I just feel like I see him more at Air One. <laughs> You're more likely to see him at the tonic bar at Erwan than in a movie. I think he stopped with the film business. He did. I had dinner with him a while ago. I haven't seen him in ages. But um, he just sells guitars. And then Tony yeah. Scott, who tragically died, worked with Tony Scott, and then yeah. I um, I became the kind of rap and hip hop first AD. I did about 500 rap videos. Was Tony K directing? Tony wasn't directing. No, but I worked. Were. For, I was. I wasn't directing. I was ADing. I was okay. working with like these the giants of the rap videos, like, like Dave Myers. Yeah. And um, I do have to Mark say, Mark Klasfeld and all these. Sorry, I do. No, no, don't be sorry. I'm just listening. I'm. Uh, I love ads. This is when I found out you yeah. were an ad at uh, at uh, Shabbat. I was like, oh my god, that's yeah. my favorite because I feel like there's a quality to ads, like a really good ad when they're really bossy. And it's, was that like the kind of ad you were? Were you a master ad? I was a motherfucker. I was absolutely. Were you mean? Wh- yeah, I was. Good. I wasn't, I wasn't nice. I, would I have, love it. I would have like summary executions. I love it. This <laughs> I would is like cousin. you, you, you. You're fired. That's and, amazing. I used to always say yeah. I wanted to marry an ad because oh, I felt like please. that you know they know what they want. They're assholes, but I feel like maybe they're loving behind closed doors. You know, you would go home and you would cry. That's what it would would happen. The ad. You, way? Yeah, I would go home and I would like you know I. I, I you know, I'd, I'd lament how I'd been on set because I'm not naturally a bad person. Yeah. Um, but I, I, um, I moved quite swiftly through the ranks. I had some amazing. I worked with Snoop Dogg and Method Man and Red Man and Missy Elliott. And you just Bubba having we're having sex with tons of uh, video girls. There's nothing I would admit to. Okay. Okay. Well, keep going then. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but that was that wasn't something you couldn't do. There wasn't, there wasn't this fear <laughs> if you met someone on set and said, hey, you know what? I think you're really attractive and I'd love to take you for, for a drink. Mm-hmm. That wasn't something you could. Now I think you would be, you'd have to get an NDA and all kinds of, maybe an attorney next oh, to you. Oh, God. All right, so you're, you're doing all these things. Yeah, you're and an then, I start, then I then I was, I, I kind of was hanging around with this girl called Santi Gold. Heard of her. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And Santi and I were quite close. Um, and we're still friends. Yeah. And I said, you know, I want to do a video for you. My first music video, I'd like it to be with you. And it was absolutely awful. Was it? Which song? It, it was this, she had a band called Stift. Um, and it was... <laughs> I love your, grace, your graceful head movements. It's so great. <laughs> You've got this like, this kind of I'm graceful... i remember. Language... <laughs> language I, made every mis- I, made every, I've, I made every music video mistake. It was a salad. I had a midget. There was this porn star midget called Bridget the Midget. Okay. I tracked her down and I put her on a tricycle. And then I had a man stroking a fish. And then my best friend Wolf was taking a piss in the corner. And I had clowns dancing. And I mean, it was just like, I'm going to throw everything I possibly can at this video. It was a mishmash. 
it was potential disaster. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, it was funny. It actually came out. I mean, I didn't like. You never like your own work, but I mean, I. I you don't I, think you do? Do you think any director? I mean, don't you think? Sometimes you do. I mean, yeah. I think if you say you do, it's you're like, a dick. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Cool. I love uh, yeah. what I did. Okay. But, but then what happened was I became the born again Christian video director. What do you mean? I someone saw the Santi video. And I started doing videos for this label out of Nashville called Goatee Records. And they did all these born again. I was like a massive hit in the born again Christian community. Well, that's good. Yeah, it paid my rent. It paid your rent. You're directing, getting lots of experience directing. directing. Yeah, what I did mean, you learn? What, did, what were all the biggest mistakes you made directing? Not just like... What, I can tell you the biggest mistake I made was between AD and directing. Because when you're an AD, you know, you see how it's done. You think you know how it's done. But the moment you're in that seat, it's a completely different universe. How come? Because you're, you are in charge of the vision. You are responsible. What you've committed to paper and your treatment has to be executed. And it's a, it's, I wasn't ready for the responsibility. And the other side of it is actually getting the work was so difficult. How come? Why? Well, because I, I, I mean, as, a, as an AD, I brutalized a lot of people. And I was known as a hard ass. And I don't think a lot of people would wanted to see me succeed oh so you made like haters some, you had some haters happens oh my goodness that's okay i'm here now you're here now okay so keep continue take us so on this, this, this journey i had this kind of breakout moment where i was called to do a jessica simpson video yeah by a friend of mine what year was this I mean, this was when she was married to Nick Lachey. So they were at the reality show and she so made the tuna. they had the show and I got a phone call Chicken from this guy called Danny Lockwood. Mm-hmm. Hey, Elliot, it's Danny. Got a job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not much money. I'm like, fine. It's with Jessica. I was like, fine, all right. So I went and shot this video for Jessica Simpson up at her house. She couldn't have been lovelier. Oh, that's nice. Nick couldn't have been lovelier. And uh, Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey. Yeah, right. I was a massive ninety-eight degrees fan. Were you really? Absolutely not. Okay, good. Um, yeah, thank God. But um, Close call. and then and then Jessica was lovely. I mean, um, and the video got like a, a video music award MTV nomination, which was huge. It is me. huge. Yeah. Does that and change my, everything? Yes, it did. It was limousines and hookers and. Well, I hope it was. Come like, tell us everything. I'd arrived, and you oh. know, uh, the god of music video shined on me. Oh my God! Wait, what year was this? This was ninety. I I can't remember either. Too much. Too much. Two thousand. That's when Jet was. That was when Jet was big. That's my ex-fiance, the drummer of Jet. What's the name of the director who did that video? He won an award. He's British as well. Chris, Pete. Oh fuck it. Who cares? Also, music videos. Oh well, whatever. Oh god. But you know the director Wiz. 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 The Wiz. Remember him? You dated the Wiz. I didn't Wiz. No, I didn't date him. But I remember Kasabian. Videos. Oh, and Kasabian went on tour with Jet and oh, Oasis. Yeah. I used one of them in my movies. I used to, I used to, I used to, a, a, the cutest one? I used, no, I used the song. Oh. That's, I can't remember which one. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so you get the Video Music Award. Yeah, and then I, what that. Changed? I didn't get the award, but I got nominated, nominated. And then I started doing Disney stuff. And then I worked with a band called The Fray. Okay. And then I got this phone call from these guys in the valley. Love it. Hey. Oh, boy. He does <laughs> like, voices, hey. everybody. I'm like, they're like, hey, we know you know Jessica Simpson. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Can you come in and meet us? Sure. Who's this guy? Who are these people? Who's this guy, Scary. right? Magno, um, what were they called? Alpine Pictures. Okay. Lovely people. Ryan Carroll. And he had a boiler room. 
where you know we used to make phone calls and dial for dollars. Dial so for dollars? I have no idea. I have no idea like, what you're talking about. We got a movie. You need to invest. Dial for dollars? No this, amount too small. This is like Wolf of Wall Street it was style. Nu- it was like nuts. And he had this Wesley Strick script. And Wesley Strick was this very famous screenwriter who wrote Cape Fear, Wolf. And he'd had this kind of teenage movie called Love is a Drug. And Ryan sits me down and he goes, you know, Jessica Simpson, we love Jessica. We love you, Jessica, and the movie. What do you think? Yeah. And I'm like, I never thought of Jessica Simpson as an actress. And I wasn't about to start. Oh, but, God! And I said, well, you know, I read the script. It's very interesting, you know. I mean, you know, that's maybe there's something to be... Anyway, as luck would have it, mm-hmm. Ryan runs into Jessica Simpson at the airport. And he goes, we're talking to Elliot Lester. She goes, oh, I love Elliot. Incredible. So it sealed the deal. Um, but it didn't end up being her in the lead. It Ooh. ended up... Lizzie Kaplan. I love her. Yeah, she was, she was really remarkable. Yeah. I really like... I put her in a Jason Mraz video and then kind of fell in love with her and I was like, oh, I want to do a movie with you. But she wasn't... She was just coming off Mean Girls. Oh, so that's her, really... I had, I had John Patrick Amadori. I had Daryl Hannah in the worst wig on that has ever been photographed. Did you ever watch a show Dinner for Five on IFC? <laughs> oh, yeah, with... Uh, J- um, with John Favreau. <laughs> oh, my God, Elliot is yes. coughing. This is disgusting. Oh, my God. Hard edit. This is a hard... Edit. This is snot. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! You better cut that out. You gotta cut that I'm out. I'm keeping it in. We're keeping it gritty uh, and real. Please don't. Okay. Okay. Out. Okay. It's like I'm swallowing oysters. Um. So uh, yeah, it was it was pretty mad. So that was your first my oh, first god. movie, and we it went fit. Yeah. Sorry, we went to Slam Dance. The movie got a lot of attention. Got got distribution. Got an agent. Who was your agent? What agency? I was originally at ICM. All right. You've since left we, them. I've, I've since, Where are you now? I'm with the same people at WME. Very nice. Very nice. WME. Loyal. Very cool. Loyal. Highbrow. All right. So you do this movie. I did this movie. What did you learn during your first feature? I learned what an idiot I was. Baby Lester. Baby, baby Elliot. Baby, baby stupid Lester. Yeah. What were all the foibles and I mean, you know, you what, I, what in terms of directing? Directing yeah. actors wasn't the problem. Directing actors was clear communication, right? And don't overnote. Don't just give, less is more. Just don't give too many notes. Don't go, okay, great. In the middle of that, when you said la 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 la, I want an upward invite. I didn't do that. I'd be like, you know what? That was great. Give me a little bit faster. Give me a little bit slower. I really want, okay, just evoke a little hatred or something. I'll just give a note. I guess that's that. kind of that's kind of like what Toby Kebbell said makes a good director, just like simple, clear. Well, because you're a human being, you can't, rep- you can't, how do you retain 20 notes? Yeah. There's a problem, I think, if you have to overnote an actor. Yeah, I feel like casting directors do that with actors sometimes, where they will direct the way you're, the opposite of the way you're saying you should direct. Yeah. Well, they're like, okay, now try that, and they just fuck you up, or they do it before you even get to show what you've prepared. Remember, acting isn't, being a director is not being an acting coach. That's not what your job is. Yeah. You're not an acting coach. You are, you know, you're in command of the vision. And the whole story, all elements of the story. Yeah, bring it to so life. So you cast right. But fortunately, I did cast right. I worked with some really great people. So what was the problem, you say? So it wasn't the directing the actors. Was, the problem was I, uh, my producer had, was a man who, sadly, he's passed away, who, who didn't know how to make movies. And his opening line to me was like, listen, kid, I've run restaurants all over Arizona. And making a movie is like owning a restaurant. Oh, no. I was like... Dinner theater. Yeah. We're making dinner theater. I'm like, okay, so 
I didn't know how to handle the producers. It was kind of... How many were there? It was like, uh, I think a total, I think we had like 35 on the... 35? Because they're all investors. Right? How, 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 what was the budget for this movie? It's been right. long enough. Oh, actually, asked. do you know what? It was under a million, but it, was? it made money. Yeah, no, all my films have made money. But they haven't all been under a million. No, they haven't. Yeah. No. Okay, so you, so what, what do you see? The producer, so you have yeah, this the producers and then And also not really knowing my way around the story in the right way. You know, um, what does that mean? Well, I didn't really have a good grasp of story because all the stories I'd ever told were under three minutes, and usually, you know, it had some kind of like hoopty or you know, yeah. <laughs> or, or bottle of liquor. Or yeah, I, I, the story was just foreign to me, and I, you know, at the time was too arrogant and too stupid to admit that I didn't know something, and it's actually okay if you don't know. God, I wish I was like that. I wish I was like that. I feel like so many women are just like, oh my god, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna crumble and I'm gonna implode, as opposed to like just going in. Like men will just have this like blind, like I gotta fake it till I make it, and I'm just going in with uh, blind confidence, which is great. I, I want that. That's wonderful. I want that to rub off on I me and women. I think you get further with a, with a little bit of that humility. With vulnerability. I think humility. if you say, listen, I don't know. I said I have some of the answers, but not all of them. But yeah. at that time, I didn't know what I was doing. I was also quite young. Yeah. I was definitely under 30. So... The so producers were a bit of a problem. Bit of a problem. And then what to, else? Learn, um, everything you learn. For all the people listening who are like, uh, look up to you and you're like their big brother and they want to make films and they want to wring you dry of like... I think you have to listen to your actors and listen to your... Sometimes listen to your technicians. You want to listen to the DP. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a particularly good editor as well. And I, uh, was, I found that process a little bit intimidating because here I was doing something that was 100 minutes long. Um, Did you edit it yourself or you sat in with no, the editor? No, I had a really great editor, a guy called Steve Reese, yeah. who um, was just fantastic. I hadn't, haven't worked with him since, but I really enjoyed working with him. But yeah, there was, you know, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, the movie gets into a festival and you have that moment. What was that like? It's incredible. Why? Because I had never been to a festival and I hadn't been to a festival in the snow. Oh, goodness. So it's all about the outfits and the <laughs> oh, swag. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, um, it was incredible. It was a really, I was like, oh, I felt like I'd arrived a little bit. What did you wear? Dark denim? Green uh, APC jacket? So I was wearing, um, I was wearing Adidas shell suits. What? No, I just, I mean, like, you know, I, it was a cliche as a director. I wore, like, the leather jacket with a scarf, oh, expensive yeah, yeah, yeah. scarf oh, from Morocco. God. Oh, God. My uh, then girlfriend who became my wife. Who's that? Where'd she come from? Uh, who is this woman? She came from Minnesota. How'd you meet her? Why her? Why did you end up having a baby with this woman? And how did she oh, she's infiltrate? Nice. She's a good woman. Yeah? She, we just had bad timing. But why? Why was the timing bad? Where, how did she, how did we she come to the different. mix? We were very different. I was set up with her on a blind day. It was very, very, we were very different people. How long after Slam Dance? Years? Were we married? No, when you met. Oh, no, I met her just before Slam Dance. Oh, wow. She came there with me. Oh, so she was part of, she saw you direct yeah. your first movie. She was part yeah, of that. Yeah, yes. How did you, was that stressful though? You were married so young. We weren't married. No, you were dating so we young. We were dating, which wasn't stressful. Marriage was stressful. Why? Because it puts a different pressure on you. Your partner looks at you differently. They don't look at you as just, hey, we're boyfriend, girlfriend. It's like, you're my husband. What Do husband things. Like what? <laughs> well, it was just, was pr- it was pressure. Um, you know, I don't think I could live up to an ideal. And I certainly didn't know how to be that ideal partner. Which I suppose is another version of the advice I would give a woman, which is, you know, you're going to deal what's in front of you and not what's in your head. 
Yeah. Deal with what's in front of me. No, don't try and don't try and shape and break and mold people to how you want them to be. Let them be. Let them be. <clears throat> it's interesting. I went to this seminar thing where, where I'm going to have this woman on the podcast named Pat Allen. And she's like 80 years old. She's a relationship expert. And she goes, if he's 51% of what you want, like stick with that guy. And sometimes I'll think, even though the guy, I'm, I'm, my boyfriend is lovely, I always want to look for a problem because that's how my, my, my thought goes. I have this weird rule book of how things should be and how I want someone to behave. And it's just, it's a, it's a bad habit. And I know I'm in the wrong. And sometimes I just have to go, listen, he's very handsome. Yeah. He, takes me, he takes me out to lunch and dinner, and, and uh, you know, I feel so feminine with him. He treats me very well. So he looks great. We have great sex, a lot of, lot, lot of great sex. And then he takes me to dinner. And I'm like, that's enough. Well, I don't else, even need what more. Else, what do you need? Oh, my God. I can come up with any, any other weird, like, oh, God. Yeah, the my, my mind is dangerous. Well, where, would you be happier like, without him? No. Well, oh, you know, so. but you know what? Sometimes I do think it is weird. I would be happier without him because I would be dealing with everything on my own. I would internalize it. I would take the responsibility for my own feelings. <clears throat> but when I'm in a relationship, I make the habit, a bad habit of like putting the responsibility of my feelings on my partner, on my partner. Transference. Well, yeah, I just go like all of a sudden, if you're my boyfriend, no disrespect, Brooke. I, you know, she's, uh, she's panicked. She just crashed into a wall and hung herself. <laughs> anyway, but uh, if you were my boyfriend, uh, you know, I'd make up weird rules where I'd, I'd go, oh, if you, you know, you have to text me good morning. If you don't text me good morning, I feel disrespected or you don't care. Like, I'll come up with weird things when I'm like, yeah, but if I wasn't with, if you weren't my boyfriend and I, I, would, I wouldn't be getting a text from anybody, I'd be fine. Like, I don't, know, I don't know if any of this is making sense. Anyway, I just have to, like, uh, get a handle, a wrangle on my emotions and expectations. It's so dangerous. It's hard being in a relationship, Elliot. I'm having a great time. Okay, okay. Oh, God. Anyway, where I are we? I think it's harder to be in a relationship with yourself. That's the hardest version of it. Oh, God, yeah. That's the existential problem, which is, you know, you're, you're, you maybe be setting unrealistic personal limits. Yeah. Which, and especially in a place like Los Angeles, where everything is so fabulous. Is it? Perceptively. Yeah. I mean, what's the best possible time you're going to have here? You probably had it. I think I probably had it. Now I'm getting boring. Yeah, it's good. It's like dinner. It's time to get boring. It's time to get boring. Well, so you met, so <coughs> where did you meet your now ex-wife, then girlfriend? A blind date. She was Jonathan Adler's muse, who was um, an oh, interior really? designer. Yeah. And we, we had quite a glamorous existence. We would go to Palm Springs to the Parco and stay at, in the in the cabanas and things like that, and uh, I, I really loved loved my uh, my ex. She was very nice. We had this beautiful son, um, and that was the end of our relationship. And I left. I remember being. I went. I started working for Jared Leto, mm-hmm. and we Jared took me around the world. I love that sound effect I made because I like. You, like, gonna... you like him as well. <clears throat> I don't love him. I don't love him. I don't. I don't love him. But I think you don't I, love him physically, or you don't love him personally. I'm just. No, I'm, I'm excited to hear. Like, I think uh, I, I don't know him. I don't oh, know him. He's fun. But he, tell me. So how did he, he come into your I, life? I, did he I, steal your wife away from you? No, he, certain, no, he certainly didn't. <laughs> he didn't. I'm just. Doing, I was calling attention uh, to my she, judgmental no, no, we, grunt. He had called me up and was like, uh, you know, I'm going to China. Would you like to come and kind of co-direct with me on my music videos? How did you just you didn't you never met before? I met, met him at the party. The producer had put us together, 
and I met him, and he's in quite... <clears throat> He's quite a remarkable man when you meet him. He is. He seduces you. He does? Yeah. Even men, he casts a spell 100%. on... 100%. He just casts he spells mes- on people? Oh, my God. He mes- he's mesmerizing. Is he? 100%. Get a room, you guys. Relax. Jesus. Um, and we flew to China, and I spent 14 hours in the back of a van with him, driving up to this shithole. That's what ruined your marriage? That ride in that van. I'll tell you what ruined my marriage. Okay. All the coughing, all the weird oh sound God, effects, all the fucking... Dying. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? So, um, uh, we, uh, we were in China, and then we were, I came back, and then a couple of months later, he said, do you want to come to the North Pole with me to shoot a video? And when Jared Leto asked you to go to the North Pole, you, you go know. to the fucking North Pole. Oh, what a, that, was neat. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a hell of a trip. What happened in the North Pole? So, you know, I, my, I, my son had just been born. My marriage was in tatters. You're like, bye, babe. Bye, babe and I little was, babe. I was standing on, ah. I was on a helicopter, and the helicopter landed on this glacier, on this, uh, on this iceberg. And, Jared uh, thought I was standing there. And Jared, no, Jared wasn't there. But, and, and, and I got out of the helicopter, and I looked around me. And I'm out there looking into the ocean and all this, all these icebergs everywhere. And I, my son had just been born, so I was quite connected. You're like, I got to get a divorce. And I was like, like, (laughs) I got to get out of this. That is what happened, isn't it? Wait, tell me really. Why did it end? What went wrong? None of my business. Tell me everything. What was the problem? Oh, no, she fell out of love with me. How many years were you together for? Uh, We were together about five. Five years? Was your your heart broken? She was, was I heartbroken? Yeah. Devastated. You were? I was so devastated. I ran away. Is she not British? She's not. American? Mm-hmm. She's had four children. Why did she fall mm-hmm. in love with... Wait, only with you, one she child with you? She's one with me, and now she's happily married with a lo- to a lovely man. You hate him? Not at all. I'm just teasing you. No, okay. He's great to my kid. I'm, I mean, just I'm very fortunate. Good. Um, but, uh, but why did she fall out of love? Why does that happen? Yeah. I don't want How'd to... How'd you fall out of love? Yeah, why did that happen? You shift. You shift? You change. What did she get mad at? I think she looked at me, and she was like, you know, um, I don't want to look back at my life. And think that you were it. Wow. <clears throat> you know, my father gave me the best advice. Okay. Who's been married to my mother for since Moses. And they're happy? Very happy. And my father said to me, called me, I was so upset. My father calls me up and he said, you know, getting a divorce is not a crime. Being unhappy in your life is. Oh, that's good. So you got to let it go. Is there anything you guys could have done? I tried were you, everything. Were you happy? You were unhappy too. You were unhappy. It just no, wasn't happy. I was in love. I didn't. I no. I, I did everything. We did therapy. We did vacations. I moved out. We did separate. We did, I did everything. I went off to Romania. Yeah. I even went to Nashville. Hey, and, um, you know it's serious when you're going to Nashville. <laughs> yikes. Oh, yikes! I didn't yikes. think I could, but you know it was broken. It was broken. I had, you know, when a woman's done, a woman's done. You know what's interesting? There's a difference. Women. <clears throat> I think it. Women are, are, are done and they, it, it happens over a period of months and months and months. They're like, they're falling out of love, falling out of love. And then when they're done, I feel like uh, they're really done. Yeah. Well, she was done twice. Yeah. I feel like it's different for men though, isn't it? Well, men play catch up. Men play catch up. What do you Women mean? Men play keep up. What does that mean? Well, men play, ca- play catch up. Like, what do you mean you're not happy? Uh, 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 I better fix this. Oh yeah. They play catch up. And women are better like, you better, you better like. You better, you better handle that. You better handle me. You better, no, no, no. I have a they little They let bit you of know. That. They let you know. See, I have things that might, you know, <clears throat> that may or may not be happening in my relationship where I'm like, huh, 
I don't want to communicate the things. How long have you been with this poor boy? Only four months. Why can't you just love it and enjoy it? I do love it. I do love it. I do love it. Does it sound like I'm miserable? It sounds like you might suffocate it, though. Am I? You could. How am I doing that? I didn't say that you are. I said you could. Oh, because You're I'm suffocating it with the phantom of the, the problem that isn't there. You're so right. God, I want to cut that part out of this podcast. No, no, no. You got to keep it. I'm keeping your coffin then, too. We're, gonna, yeah, we're keeping it in, guys. This is going to be the most authentic podcast Elliot and I have ever done together in Santa Monica today. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, oh, here's something. Uh, listen, if my boyfriend is listening, and he might be, if you're hearing this, I'm wonderful. I'm beautiful. I'm nice to you. I'm not going to suffocate it with a phantom of anticipated problems. I will not. It's not going to happen. I just think deeply and I feel deeply. And Elliot and I are just having a chat on this podcast. So uh, anyway. Oh, this is what I was going to say earlier about how simple men are. I mean, but more simple than women. I did this trick where I was acting irrationally. You know, what a surprise. What a shocker. Acting irrationally with my boyfriend. And I knew it, and I went, fuck, i got to try to fix this Like uh, later on in the evening after I acted bizarrely over the phone. So I FaceTimed him because I knew the visual of me because I was all looking all cute. I had my whatever. My was all t- get, you know, together, put together, and I FaceTimed. And, it was, and he actually told me later. I said I did that on purpose because men are visual. And if you just hear some like, irritating voice mm-hmm. over the phone badgering him or, <clears throat> can you just get it together, Elliot? My God, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, and he went, that was actually really smart because... It did make him soften to have the visual because men are visual creatures. That's what this woman, Pat Allen, who said that I went to. Yeah, Yeah. they're graphic. You make it sound dirty. Can be. I guess so. It's true. Very true. Anyway, so your marriage is in tatters. You're on an iceberg with Jared Leto. Yeah, I'm on an iceberg with Jared Leto. (laughs) And then I, um, I'm not sure if I can say this. Then don't. But tell me. Well, hold on. Well, I, say I'm it, not but sure. pos- I'm, I'm a little concerned I could get sued for what I'm about to say. But you can tell me if I will or not. I'm gonna. <clears throat> that, we're living in the positive. This is the okay. We'll have a little bit of a beat. Say it. Have a beat afterwards, and then we can cut back into it. So then I got. I, I met somebody who I quite liked, and I met her while I was away in the North Pole, and I started having a relation relations with her. And um, I subsequently got dumped for Neil Diamond. I got dumped. This was after your marriage? Yeah. I, I, I was with, um, I met this wonderful lady um, who subsequently married Neil Diamond. I mean, it was one thing being dumped for a better looking guy, but I got dumped for a much older man. How old is she? Was she the same age as you? Same age as me. She's married to him. She's, she's a, married she's, to him. She's, she's his wife. And she's, she's very, very nice. And I know they're very, very happy. I'm not sure if that's libelous or slanderous or one of those us's. You'll have to look into that. Oh, my goodness. But it is the past. It is the past. Yeah, I think that, you're was quite, that was quite upsetting how, to me. How long were you guys dating for? Well, it was on and off thing. It was for like, how many years? Months? No, no months. months. But I, I was, you know, when, you're, when you come out of a relationship, you're raw. You're a little bit raw. Yeah. Do you think you're a love addict or a sex addict or a love and sex anonymous addict, codependent, any of that stuff? I'm fascinated uh, I'm by that re- this week. Recover, I'm a recovering sex addict. Are you? For sure. Really? Yeah. Are you really telling me the truth right now? 100%. How do, you, how do you know? Because of my behaviors. Did you cheat <clears throat> on your wife? Never cheated on my wife. But did you have emotional affairs? 
to get like a like a like a you know an ego boost no, and to know that you had no, things. No, I did some terrible things afterwards, so it wasn't very nice afterwards. Well, let's start the podcast. Tell well, me everything. I, mean, <laughs> I I had a little pro. I had, I had a little crazy. I, like just, little, I went a little mad. I ran off to Bangkok and pot prostitutes around the world and none of my business. And, you don't and, answer anything. And yeah. you know, having lots because what had happened is online dating had just kind of started. That's why I'm saying it is dangerous. It was then for me. It is still dangerous now. And Instagram feeds into it, right? Well, I don't know. I'm dating Brooke. I know, but I'm just saying it's another extension of but all that. But back then, it was it was new. We had Friendster. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't even have a dick, and I just got a heart off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Friendster. <laughs> Friendster. No, I was I was yeah, I was just I think I was a little bit lost. Yeah. And I was I was behaving very badly. Behaving very badly. I mean really, just disgusting behavior. Really? Yeah, I was being Like what's the most disgusting thing? I mean I met I'm, this I'm sure girl I'm in, in the, the the in a hotel bar and had sex with her in a toilet while Daniel Craig took a piss next to me. Really? <laughs> Is this true? Yeah, Did he nuts. know what was happening or he was just in another stall? I think stall? he probably had people having sex before, but it was, yeah, it was pretty bad behavior. But he wasn't like in the stall, like three of you. He no, was like in the next a, stall over. A, a threesome How? with him peeing. How glamorous. Scat. I can feel yeah. the text coming on <laughs> later being like, hey, you remember the part where I felt very vulnerable? I just started, yeah. I don't know why I said that. Can you edit these things? <laughs> Dreading that text. If I'm telling you, then I'm I'm probably okay with it. I hope so. But yeah, no, that was there was a period where it was like you know when when the apps first started, it was like you know you could, it was like a buffet. It's a buffet. It was a buffet, and and people's behavior was pretty disgusting. I thought, but I say disgusting. They were just fucking people. No sex. You know what I mean? But it it seems lonely. Was it like that movie uh, with the the guy in that movie that one time with the guy? Uh, what's the you know what, what movie I'm talking Patton? about? What I mean, no, what movie? Patton, with the guy? No, <laughs> what no. what's the name of the movie? But the sex addict or the British guy? Uh, oh fuck, he's like a very oh, hot. Shame. shame. Oh, I love shame. I bet you do. I bet you do. I don't know. I, I think at times it was a little like that. It, it was like that. Definitely the, definitely the sense of isolation. But that's what happens. You see, you can't. You know, you can't uh, fuck your way back to happiness. Yeah, that'll be the soundbite, the takeaway from this. Uh, I'll use this in the ad for this episode. But you, you can't. And I, you, you know, I was trying and I couldn't get there. Yeah. Well, how did you get out of there? How, how could you be in a monogamous thing? How can anybody... Do you believe that some men you are just square? You do the work. What's yeah, the work? So you know, therapy and... Yeah. You make good choices and you don't drink too much and you don't take pills and oh you don't God. put yourself in those situations. Because, you know, at that time I was probably, I was surrounded by some really bad people. Yeah, why? Who? Well, I mean, my career wasn't in good shape. I just made this movie called Blitz with Jason Statham. How dare you try to talk about movies and your career on I this know, podcast? I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and I'd had, <laughs> yeah. A really, I'd had a really hard time on that film. And, why? Um, just... Um, did you just burp again? S- sorry. Unbelievable. Studio life. Classic. Working, <laughs> working with a studio and it was, I had a hard time on that film. And uh, I, probably because of what was going on in my home life and, and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I just, I went really crazy. I had a young son as well. That's so I had good. to show up for him. You had to show up for him, but then you're also, your personal life was in chaos? personal life was chaos. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a mess. I was hanging around with like low-level mobsters and there's a whole contingent of like you know would-be mob guys and israeli kind of you know like well you're going to come to avi's come to avi's you know 
We're going to have a little thing. You know, it was, it was all... Ooh. I was in the back rooms of pizza parlors a lot. This is fascinating. Working, you know, and... Because I could at the time I wasn't making a living. I was having a really bad time. Really? That's the other side of Los Angeles, isn't it? You know, kind of it's like I've had I've had great successes, but then there's this other side of it. There's these failures. Which but you know, I know people aren't supposed to talk about that here, but no. um yeah, I had really low lows. And and, and and quite hard to actually come back from at times. What was your lowest low? Was it, and also is your is your self worth well, you wrapped tie, up in your success, right? You tie, you tie your you tie your values to, you know, your environment, what's around you. So it's like it's you're constantly seeing all your friends doing really, really well, and you're in, you know, billboards everywhere, and you remind it's a beautiful sunny day always in Los Angeles. Yeah. So the sun is always shining. So you you know it's the weather that suggests success, but yeah. the reality of it is you can't have success every day. You have to have that. There has to be a, a stopping point. Um. And when I fell off, I fell off quite badly. I couldn't get a job. Why did you fall off? Why not? I just hit rock bottom. I mean, it was an implosion. It was a multitude of implosions. But it was kind of remarkable because what saved me was fascinating. What saved you? And what was your rock bottom? What is happening in the rock bottom? What does that mean? You're in a gutter. You're you're at a trans... Rock bottom was I was living with a coke addict in an apartment overlooking the beach in Venice. Um, I... Made, I'd gone from making like a million or so a year to making $10,000, and I still had massive child support payments. You know, sorry. And um, what year was this when you were living in the apartment in Venice? How long ago? How many years? Seven years ago. Seven years, Seven ago? years ago? Yeah, things were really bad. Things were, things were terrible, and I was doing really bad things. I was drinking too much, hanging out with like stupid people. Like, uh,. Like, who are these stupid people? Just the mafia people? The, the mob pizza. guys were pretty bad. I was hanging out with guys, you know, like actor wannabes and just people who were lost, a lot of lost souls, alcoholics. Because yeah. you meet people that are on the same level. Like we're all on the same wavelength at that moment. You're all well, kind of you like... you do, you're molecules, aren't you? You kind of gravitate towards how you feel. Yeah. And if you feel like shit, that's where you're going to end up. Yeah. When you're feeling healthy, you kind of... You meet wonderful people usually. It's kind of strange. But I got out of it. How did you... Oh, God. Were you able to see your son at the time? I was seeing my son. I would always show up for him. My ex was having... Yeah, I think she was having a hard time because she was a single mom and she wasn't dating at the time. And, I mean, I remember... This is going to sound quite maudlin, but I remember like Christmases and Thanksgiving were always really difficult because I never had I never had anywhere to go. And one Christmas, I went over to see. I had no money, and I I showed up with a bag of swag. That's all I had for my son, just like crap. Oh, that someone at Disney had given me for my son. I showed up, and my you know I I went wandering around the streets about Bikini and stuff on my <laughs> own Christmas day. I was just so it was so dark. You weren't invited to the. To I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to go. The ex wouldn't let you come back to the. It was just not too weird. It, not happening. I, I don't blame her. Yeah, that's uh, a low point. But well, then you see, you have high highs as well. Well, then how do you? How did you end up? Meeting Darren Aronofsky, having this company together, continuing to make things and, and flourishing, it seems like. I came out of it because I, um, I did a movie after Blitz uh, called Nightingale um, with a wonderful actor called David Yellowo that HBO picked up and Brad Pitt produced. How did that happen? So Where did that come from? My partner at the time, Josh Weinstock, had handed me the script and said... 
you should read this. And he, I, I read it, and I, it was a miracle. It was just a miracle of a script. And I was like, I have to make this. Why? Like, what, what was the story about? Why, why tell the listeners? It was about PTSD. It was about isolation. It was about a mental illness. It was a study of a man basically falling apart who had 12 different personalities. Uh, 12 different personalities? It's a, I mean, it's probably my best work to date that I've done, or I feel it's my best. It's my most personal work. And it was, uh, that was a catharsis, that film. It, it, it really allowed me to deal with a lot of issues. That's so interesting you say that. So it's your most, most personal work. You didn't write the script, but it spoke to you so personally that that's why you felt so connected to it? 100%. I, re- I, I mean, it was a characterized, the characterization was, was pretty remarkable. And the movie got Golden Globe nominations and Emmy nominations and, you know, it was the highest of highs and, you know, Brad Pitt and I were hanging out. I love that. That's the, that's the that was kid. nice. That was so honest. Yeah, that's true. Ni- it was nice. He we seems would, so likable. He seems so likable. He's lovely. We, you know, but it, they, that comes with its own set of problems. What? Well, I mean, like I remember we were at the edit one day, and uh, he, you know, he smokes and he went out for have a cigarette, and he, here, here he is, this megastar hiding behind a dumpster, having <laughs> a cigarette because he can't get recognized. And the moment he sto- stood out, took one step from behind the dumpster, he got spotted and mobbed. Really? And it was like, oh my goodness, you are, this is horrendous. Yeah. And he's so sweet and polite he seems and gracious. so sweet, yeah. Very nice. It's so funny. I, I, <clears throat> I spin myself out over going out with, like, you know, a British. You know, under wraps. I can't even imagine what it would be like. Brad Pitt. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be married to somebody who's so famous or like to to be dating somebody who's so famous. I would I would lose it. I wouldn't be able to be strong enough for all the attention that my, you know, person would be getting. It would drive me insane. Mm. I can barely handle it. Interesting just... perspective. Don't you think though? Like to to date a person in the public eye that's like I guess you just have to be strong and trust people. I guess the root of the thing is it's you just to, have to I trust. actually think they have it the worst. I think they're the famous in, people, right? I think they're in prison. And I, yeah, because I was talk- randomly talking about this with my manicurist. Uh, but who would uh, know? I mean, who would know? Because you got all the tabloids in the in the salon. With it, bellicures. Ex- exactly, bellicures. How did you know? Who told you? Actually, not bellicures. How dare you? Um, but uh, <laughs> it's a little on the nose. But okay. But uh, I was like looking at. A, I saw a picture of Brad Pitt, and she said, uh, "And we will throw it right back to you." But uh, but she was like, "Oh, I would never date Brad Pitt. Too much baggage. He lives down the street from his, you know, his ex. He's got tw- you know twenty children and all this stuff." And I thought. Wow, it's a weird day, a weird time when, you know, Brad Pitt has too much baggage attached to him to even fantasize about, like, you know, dating him. I was just like, wow. But I kind of agreed with the lady. Seems like a, a headache, a lot to do with. Justin Thoreau, on the other hand, is a He's single now. dreamboat. Yeah, but he seems like, I don't know. A bad boy. I don't know. Bad boy. Yeah, totally. How bad, bad can boy. he be? He's in his 40s. He's hanging out with a... How bad could he be? He's in his 40s. How bad can you really be? Uh, pretty bad. Pretty bad. I, <laughs> I don't Is know. Is he hanging out with? I just feel like he's probably he's hanging out with like, you know, young, like Petra Collins, young models, if you believe. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems terrifying. I don't know. Don't do it then. Don't do it. He's hanging out with Terry Richardson, so one that, of his best I friends. Did that. Anyway. I did that movie. So I, did that movie. <laughs> I did that movie and that kind of really, I mean, put me into a different. Stratosphere. Different conversations. Like what? Amazing. Tell me. Tell me. Oh, Get me in there. Everybody wants to meet you. Oh, wow. Everybody How does that feel? Everybody wants to meet you. You do the water bottle tour. Oh, what's that? The water bottle tour. You go around and they give you, hey, you want a bottle of water? And you go and you're, you're fated. You know, you have lovely dinners and the dance, the dance doesn't stop. And you think it's not going to stop. And it was incredible. I would not have 
given, and I would never have given that time up. It was amazing. And then um, I got a phone call um, about, I was shooting something in Atlanta and I got a call from Scott Franklin and Aronofsky and they were like, hey, we've got this movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can you go and meet Arnold? And Arnold changed my life. He changed your life. Well, but take a step back, though. How did you meet Darren and his partner? Scott, Who was this guy? Scott Franklin I'd known for about 15 years, 16 years. We were in the music video world together. He actually stole a video from me. He did? He stole the Naked Brothers Band video from me. I wanted to direct it. He got it. Well, then he paid you I, back later. Well, I don't know about that. Well, then you got that, you got that I, phone call. I, that video was, I, you know, <gasps> I wanted that video Oh my quite God. badly. Yikes. <clears throat> and, and by the way, I don't think he did a particularly good job with it. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So <laughs> how anyway, did he, he doesn't direct anymore. Well, so he calls so you yeah, up. So they called you me up him. and then I went to, I had to go meet Arnold. But how, you never known Darren though. You had. Darren, it was just through association. Just through me. Wait. Yeah. But. Friends of friends. Friends of friends. Okay. So you get this phone call from them. It, is it a, a shocker or is it just like. Is it an exciting uh, surprise? Or are you like, okay, it this is all. It was a nice surprise because I was like, oh, okay. All right. Um, okay. I'll, yeah, sure. So I, I, I show up in Brentwood at this Italian restaurant. Yeah. And there's only, I'm looking around and there's only one Arnold Schwarzenegger in the uh, restaurant. Is he huge? He's not huge. All right. Another exclusive. But his, but his personality is, is mesmerizing. Oh my God. Another spellcaster. <laughs> So I want to talk to you about this movie that we're going to make. You know that uh, I'm a I'm a bodybuilder. Oh my god! I said, yeah, I, I knew that. I knew you you lifted. He goes, well, I'm all about the rap. You know the rap. He goes, and the thing about it is, I want to act in this. You know. I said, well, you know, Arnold. You know, you've been Conan and you've been the Terminator. You've saved the planet many, many times. Thank <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, I think the thing is you understand if you're going to be that guy, you've got to kind of give yourself to me a little bit. And if you're not going to, then it's never going to work because you could crush me, you know. Um, but if you do that and we take this journey together, then I think we'll have a good time. Yeah. It's like, I like that, yes. He goes, and you know, every night we'll drink schnapps and we'll have victory. And uh, I think that'll be something remarkable. You know I was a governor of California. Oh, like, my goodness. And I just was... I still talk to him. You do? We're about still friends. What do you yeah. guys talk Good about? Mates. I go and see him. I bought him pygmy goats. Pygmy goats? Yeah, we became, we became really, really close. Wait, he, what are pygmy goats? They're just goats? Miniature goats. You brought him pygmy yeah, yeah, goats? Yeah, I bought him pygmy goats. Because I, I went to the house one day and I was like, you know, I was looking around. I said, what you need is a, you need an, an, a, an animal that can graze all this grass. Jesus. He's just like, well, they've only got the miniature pony and, and bacon, the pig is dead. So yeah, I was like, well, I'll get you some pygmy goats. I loved him. I absolutely love him. I think he's an incredible human being. And so you made this movie together. I made this movie with him in Columbus, Ohio. And the name of the movie is? Aftermath. Aftermath. And Aftermath. It, was a real, it was a really heavy, dramatic Part and I think that people aren't weren't necessarily ready to watch Arnold in that kind of heavy, heavy role. I'm so happy I did it. Yeah. And then Darren flew in with David Blaine. What? To do magic tricks one day. All of a sudden, I'm on the set and like I'm doing the heaviest scene. And Darren, I thought it was a joke. Darren yeah. shows up with David Blaine, and the set just grinds to a halt while David Blaine does these. 
card tricks and things like that. Men love magic. I think women like magic more. Really? I, do, I always feel like I talk about... I think about David Blaine gets major, major tail. He does he? I'm sure of it. Oh, my God. Tail? I haven't heard somebody say tail in such a long time. <laughs> Maybe ever. I mean, no, I've heard it. Okay. Wait. Uh, are, they, are they all in anyway, Riot? we did the movie. We, uh, who? Who's David? Everybody. Like David, Darren, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Amber Rose is on, on Riot. Oh, she what? is? Yeah. I mean, I connected with her on Riot. Oh, stop bragging. No, no, I didn't. But I gave it all up for Brooke. So Why Brooke? She's like, okay, Ellie, this is her internal. This is, this is Brooke's internal monologue. All I right. think she's like everything I want in a partner. She's funny. She cooks. She makes me laugh all the time. She does. She's ambitious. She's great. She's a wonderful woman. She's great with my son. Oh my god. She's like 1950s housewife as well. She loves to cook. She does. She cooks for me all the time. God, Hello, darling. Would you like a highball? Oh, my, does she give you a drink at the end of the day? <laughs> she does give me. She drink. does. Is she wearing heels? Yeah, she's a, yeah, she does that. She wears heels and gives you a drink. She does. She looks after me. I've never been looked after like that. Really? And she's a Jewish girl. I'm a Jewish boy. Yeah. You know, and we there's a you know there's something called balabusta, which is a Yiddish word for um, when somebody looks after you, and she's very balabusta. Oh we do Shabbat every week as well. Yeah. I'm coming. I'm bringing my boyfriend back oh, again two please, weeks from now. Anytime. It's every week. Every week. Shabbat. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is lovely. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I can see the wheels turning. I just love it. I mean, I feel like, uh, yeah, it sounds like a lovely match. Don't tell me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about my own relationship. I'm always, worried, always turning back worried. to me. I'm worried that you're worried about it. I'm so not worried. I'm, I'm tired. My Oh, you know why? Oh, by the way, this kind of... This will explain it more. It's not really my business to say, but when I walked in on the mic, I mean, oh, I'm not worried about my relationship. I'm actually very happy in the relationship. Today, I'm just super emotional because uh, I just found out my friend has breast cancer and I was like crying in the lift over here. So I'm Do just you know what stage it's at? Probably tired. No, she's a, uh, she just texted me and, and I was, she was going to, she's like, I'll call you later. And so I just said, you know, I'm just going to wait for her to call me. It's so. not as fatal as it were, not to minimize it, but yeah. it's not as fatalistic as it once was. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's nice to know. I just felt like, oh my God, how she must be feeling. So I think I'm just have like, I had been crying and tired and exhausted before I got here. So well, uh, it's a human to human contact. Mate. Yeah. And it's uh, a lovely way to be. But uh, no, I'm not worried about it. I'm just, I'm always reflective on romance and love and feelings and connection and love and all that stuff. So uh, but when you say Bella, it's Bella Busta? Bella Busta. Bella Busta. He's like a homemaker. Yeah. She's very like that. I feel like he's more like that for me, where he like cooks and he makes me breakfast and brings me coffee, but I want to be that way more for him. You might want to, and not to give you any advice, but if you'll take it. Yeah. I, I feel like you need to submit a little. Submit? Just submit. Oh, allow it, you mean? Yeah. I'm allowing it. I'm eating the... So what's the fight? What's there's the, no fight. There's a little dialectic going on, love or not to be loved. Do you not feel worthy of love? Um, Is that it? I think I care about him so much. Well, we're talking about you here. Oh, me? Do you not feel that you're worthy to be loved? Um, Are you, have you been an L.A. girl? Have you been through the rinse? Uh, I've never... I don't think I've ever been cheated on. Well, but have you played I've, that field? I have dated so much in my life. I have, like, been... Sickened by it. I've probably been more sinister and dark, and I'm projecting that on him. 
Like I have darkness. I've said this a million times. Like I have darkness and he doesn't. I don't I don't know. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? It means that um Because you probably obviously have much it's your podcast, so you can be much more open. What and when you say you've done some sinister and dark, what's like what? I mean like wrapped people in cling film and No, I don't know. Wrap and put a straw in the bum or or you've been to I don't know what's going on with me. I like him so much. And when I'm away from him, the Instagram stuff makes me crazy, probably because I'm like, I, I'm so protective of myself. Also, just Instagram is so facile. But you said like, you know, with dating apps and sex addiction and, yeah, and that's going then. to like whatever. I know yeah. that's then, but like, I just get scared of these portals. And I know he's totally trustworthy. And, I, and I've talked about this to death with him. And I, I don't even want to talk about it with more with him. And I feel bad if he's listening to this because I don't want him to be like, ugh. Relax, because I do. Everything's great. I think just more time with him, or like I don't know. We haven't hit. There'll be other levels of our relationship that'll make well, me feel safer. When he tells you he loves you, he doesn't something. tell but, me. I know, but when he does, then there'll be something else. Then it'll be show me how you love me. Exactly. And we keep testing him and testing him. I don't want to test him. You think I'm testing him? I think there's a little duality. Inside me, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It does come out probably on a weekly basis. Well, I but mean, I would. I don't know you to say this, but I would say that there's the conflict is coming from the the. There's an insecurity. Oh, for sure. From uh, giving yourself over to this lovely man. I want to give myself over. You don't think I've given myself over yet, right? No, I think you're in transit. I'm in I think transit. That you're, you've gone from the plane, and you're just about to arrive in baggage. Okay. Yeah. But when you do, I think you'll feel great. I want to, but it's also weird because I'm used to like... Bad boys. I'm not even bad boys. American men, even though they're not What much... is American men? Well, what does that mean? It doesn't really mean anything, actually, because you're British and you're like uber talking about your feelings all the time or whatever, but... <laughs> right? Or maybe you're not. You, you only mean, with you and only the with rest me. of your listeners. I know. Or, you know, or with Brooke or something, but uh, fuck it. So what do I do? Just relax, be in the thing, well, and no be happy. No one can tell you to relax. Yeah. No one can tell you that. Yeah. Um, you might want to just... It, I mean, the thing, a lot of it is related to the chatter inside the head. Yeah. Maybe some transcendental meditation might help. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I am happy with him when I'm with him. It's all inside me. It's this duality. It's like, uh, yeah. Anxiety. I'm just terrified of being hurt. I'm terrified of my feelings being hurt and all this stuff, and I want to have what, prevented what, it. I don't know. What kind of life is that worth living if you're not going to make mistakes and fail and feel vulnerable? That doesn't... I'm definitely vulnerable with him. Get but he was, vulnerable. I want to, but he doesn't really talk about his feelings. He's just there. He's treating me well and nice and kind and cozy. But when he starts hitting you, and like, yeah, then you know where you stand, right? I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where to go with this. Just accept. Just be okay. This is boring. It's exhausting. Not, it's, like, this is, uh, it's your life. We've talked about my life to a point. No. <clears throat> well, what's next then? When did this company begin? This I mean, we're that. putting a pin on like my life and my feeling. Well, let's oh, like, okay, like, we can uh, go back uh, to it. No, no, um, I don't really know what to say about it. Like, I mean, I'm just I'm a director here. It's not my company. I have a different little company with a with actually Darren's former producer, Eric Watson. Eric Watson. Eric Watson was um, the man that produced Pie, Requiem for a Dream, um, The Fountain. He developed the fighter. Okay. Um, That's your... And then he parted ways with Darren, and then uh, he and I worked on Aftermath together, and that brought the whole group back together. And Eric and I have um, lots of different projects set up. I mean, you I do? Pro- yeah, I have projects at HBO, at Paramount, 
you know, we're, we're pretty active in terms of development and we have a film, we have some films that we're, we're picking to see which one we're going to dip our toe into. The movies are hard. Why yeah. are they so hard? You're They've telling me that. They've got harder as well. It's weird. It's just got harder. Because yeah. I, I think the way we view entertainment has changed. How do we view it now? Because well, you know that it's I'm... ubiquitous and relentless, whereas before it was a bit more special. Come closer to the mic. It was mic. a bit more special. Yeah. What I are your favorite movies? What my that I've seen this week? No. Oh, by the way. I saw what? I saw the Mr. Rogers movie. Did I you heard see that? Brilliant. No, I, I saw wept. The Rider. The Rider? It's this Chloe Tsao movie, which, is a, which has no real actors in it, about this bull rider. It's incredible. The Rider? Yeah, it was Werner Herzog's favorite film this year. And oh. I, I loved it. Okay. I have to see it. I see everything because my son insists that I see every piece of colored shit out there. Really? When did you first start watching that made you even want to, like, were you, you know like... the first movie that really inspired me? What? You really want to have this conversation? Yeah. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show when really? I was eight years old. Yeah. That blew me away. Okay. I don't know. And then Jimmy Cagney movies, like Angels with Dirty Faces and things like that. And then yeah. I got into Kubrick and um, I got, I was off, I was off then. You're off then. What are your, like, go-to classic, your, fav- your favorite, favorite, favorite movies? Or like, a, I don't know. Depends on the mood. Depends on the mood. Yeah. But there's never, that's like, it's an impossible, you know, it's a kind of an impossible question to answer as a filmmaker because it will, it will depend on the mood. I mean, there's great mood, you know, I love like some of Cassavetti's movies like Killing of a Chinese Bookie or, uh, you know, and, and then I want to watch Armadivore or it just depends on where I'm at. Yeah. I like Paul Mazursky. I like Romare. I like anything about like, I don't know, like meditations on. I like, um, like Peter Allen. Greenaway. Who's that? Who did um, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her Lover, Z and Two Noughts. I like Mike Lee movies, he's a British filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, some earlier Scorsese I love. Not so much now, but back then I like. And do you write too? I'm not very, I mean, I have, a, I have an aversion to it because I can't concentrate. Really? You have no. ADD? Do you take pills for it? No, no, wait. There's a big gap between <laughs> not being able to write <laughs> a screenplay. Yeah, wait, you, Are I you sick? No, Let me I fix don't you. I have the patience. I don't have the patience for it. You don't have the patience. No, I like to go. I like to go. I'm not good at it. I wish I was good at it. Because yeah. I've read some pretty damningly bad scripts and you wonder how these guys are screenwriters. But then you read some great ones. I'm working with Eric Roth at the moment. On what? I know you went there for 4th of July. Yeah, we had a nice time. I was so uh, furious, so jealous. That was my goal. I saw the Insta stories on Brooks' account. I was he, like, oh my yeah, God, incredible. I know. I've got a couple of projects I'm doing with Eric. I, I'm, a, I, I, I'm very fond of him. I, I like, I, like, I love his writing. He writes in a way that very few screenwriters can write. Like uh, how he writes, in, he writes with prose, very long scripts that are like 230 pages long. And yeah. he gets to indulge every aspect of that script yeah it's a it's a you know it's pretty remarkable um as opposed to lilo and stitch as opposed to lilo and stitch what kind of stories are you interested in telling is that right now there's a couple um i have the life rights to this danish freedom fighter called joanna palani who at the age of 17 went off to fight against isis and she's now 25 and she's being sent to prison by the danish government she's got 120 men she got 120 men. She killed 120 she men. Did, oh. She fought against ISIS, though. That was. How did you find her? Uh, I read an article about her in a British paper called The Guardian, and I contacted the journalist. And she goes, oh, she has an Instagram page. So I DM'd her. It all happens I was like, hey. She's like, hi. 
And she's quite fascinating. She's obsessed with food, and she loves to tell me when she's putting on weight and things like that. And she's, she's facing prison, real, real prison time. She is? Yeah, she, she defied a travel ban. Um, so I have... That's a documentary? That's a narrative? That's a narrative, okay. and I have the documentary, right? So I have that, and then um, I have a project called Let God Sort Them Out, which is about the true story of these men who go and rescue kidnapped kids. They all live in L.A., and they have this charity, and they, uh, if your kid is kidnapped, they'll go and bring them back. They're amazing men. How did you find this? Like, uh, my manager knew these guys who actually went and did it, and they're they're pretty crazy. I mean, they 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 have no money. They fly into Mexico and Panama and Venezuela on like an old DC nine. Yeah, they go and they rescue these kids and they bring them back. I mean, it's he and then one of the guys was telling me he's like, you know, more people give money to the dog charities than they do to to Rescuing saving human children. lives. Yeah. So when people see an Elliot Lester film, mm. what are they going to see? Like, what is the, like, if you had to describe, I mean, this is a horrible thing to put you in this situation, but it's like, what, uh, what is your stamp of, like, this is an Elliot Lester I film? Would li- I would like to think good performances. I, I'd like to, good, good performances. Yeah. Like, strong performances. Earnest and sincere. Would you ever do anything animated? I wish. My next trick. Yeah. No, you sometimes look at those mega busters and you're like, oh, I'd love a movie that makes a billion dollars that's seen by everyone in Indonesia, you know. Um, but then there's, a, there's an anonymity to those films. I mean, they're necessary, but there's an anonymity. And like, I think that's, you know, I want to try and cultivate my signature a little bit more. I'm not. I'm not the. I'm at the middle beginning. I feel of my career. Well, that's humble and sweet of you to say. Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like those Pixar movies. Though I feel like sometimes I see more humanity in, in, in animated films lately, which is bizarre. I was shocked the other day. I saw some. What did I see? I can't even remember. But I was like, oh wow, why am I crying? Why am I so identifying with these characters more so than people? Then like, because yeah. what you're seeing, I mean, I, don't know, I don't know what you're watching. I mean, I took my son to see Scooby Doo. <laughs> I love Scooby Doo. No, no, no. It was like it was like the Incredibles no, too, or like I don't know, or like I don't know what I saw. I took my son to see, um, you know, Infinity Wars, and then I think they're like then Deadpool, and then there was another one. Then there was Han Solo, and I, was, I like Deadpool. I was amazed by their violence. Like, I'm not, maybe it's my age, but I just couldn't believe how violent it was. Yeah. And there was nothing in there. I mean, you're teaching kids how to use guns, but not teaching them how to love or, like, be romantic or anything. I was like, well, there has to be a balance here. Yeah. But there isn't. There isn't. We're caught in kind of a strange time. Yeah. There's a lot of things lacking in schools that, you you know, so many normal things. You should learn how to do taxes when you're in sixth grade. Seventh grade. As opposed to, to using a gun. Yeah, that's yeah. true. How to do taxes, how to be charming, uh, you know, how to uh, whatever. Oh, I think you'd like, the, you'd like the Mr. Rogers movie then. I was just do weeping. I need to see that? It's, so, it's, it's, such a, it's a beautiful documentary. You know, I wanted to assume like, oh, Mr. Rogers, he's kind of freaking weird. I grew up on, but did you watch Mr. Rogers no, when you were little? England. Well, you never know. I don't know. I know you've we, heard of it. No, you've I heard know, of but it. Only, yeah, we didn't yeah. have him. I heard it's beautiful. It I heard it's completely dedicated to... He just cares. You can't believe... It's almost like you can't believe somebody could care about people so much and care about children so much. You immediately you want to be like, oh, he's probably a pedophile or he's like a freak or he's weird. But oh my God. Yeah, it's all about like... It's everything I, that you think that I'm going through or things that I'm struggling with and actually have intense fondness and 
the warmest feelings for my boyfriend, just in case he is listening. Uh, and, and I know it is good and it is wonderful, and he treats me beautifully, and I am so happy, and I'm happy There's to continue. There's a lot of qualifying here. No, I just want to say all that, but I mean, this is an internal battle I'm going through, and I just... Uh, but, but, the, but, that, but that movie, my point is, like, my long-winded point is, I was watching that movie, and, and I could see myself, you know, the power of movies. I could see myself in that movie because all, it's all, the message is like, you know, feeling worthy of love, giving love, feeling worthy of love, feeling enough, feeling allowed, feeling permission, feeling like, you know, you have a place in this world and you're worthy of love. It's like, it's not just, you know, it's not just me, you know, like we're just struggling with like, oh, am I enough? Am I okay? Am I allowed to be here? Am I worthy of this person's like attention and affection and whatever? It's a lifelong struggle. Does he have an Instagram feed? Who? Mr. Rogers. He should. He's dead from beyond the grave, just like... Uh, I bet someone started it. I bet they have. I mean, Gary Shandling and uh, Jack Kerouac or whoever. What? Oh, they have Instagram. No, they have Twitter feeds. Wait, there's Jack Kerouac. There's another writer, too. I can't remember what his name is. Whatever. But they're dead, and they have Twitter accounts, and it's so confusing. I think it's really not a good Are luck. you acting? Me? Yeah. Why? Generally. In my life? Yeah. No, why? I'm just curious. No, no, acting uh, professionally. I know oh, I think you meant like on the podcast right yeah. now. I'm just. Uh, no, I know, you know you're being real, obviously, but. Uh, I am, yeah. How do you find that? How do I find acting? Yeah. Um, I don't like auditioning. I don't think so anybody funny, your likes it. Your whole body language has changed. You were like, Ugh. Uh, well, yeah, it's fine. It's you nice to breathe. Me, like that time I had to do a Danielle commercial or something. Did you, uh, me? Am I Dan in commercial? Yeah, I I thought you you maybe did one. No, no, I didn't. I've done a lot of commercials. I'm like, that's how I make majority. I've made the majority of the money in my life doing commercials because that's where all the money is. But then a lot of money is. But uh, it has stopped. But but yeah, I don't know. I don't like auditioning. I like it when the, basically I can only play myself, I feel like. I I feel like. If you spoke to a lot of actors, they'd probably tell you that. The same thing? Yeah. And I feel like the writing, like I remember I, I tested for a pilot and the writing was so easy. It was just stepping right into the right. It was like so wonderful. Just instantly, I mm. couldn't not say the, the, the lines. I, it just all felt so organic and tied to me. It was so lovely. But that usually isn't the case. Usually it's so square and forced and uncomfortable. Or, mm. But also I, I write. So I like, you know, I don't know. I prefer writing, I think. I think it makes me happier to write. But I do love acting. If you must know, Elliot Lester. Anyway, I do love it. Um, I've never really tried it. You've never tried it? I, I mean, I sort of did, but I wasn't very good at it. Too self-aware. Too self-aware? Yeah, how do you quiet the voices in your head? You must have a million. I can tell. It's You're really a thinker. Hard. Yeah, it's hard. Are you on antidepressants? Do you, no, I'm not. Who I, knows? That was an accusation. You know it was just what? a question. I, yeah. yeah, you know what? I meant that was the Englishman in me. How dare yeah, you? Yeah. I don't go to therapy. No, and I do yoga every day. I do yoga six days a week. You do? Yeah, I used to surf. Um, I stopped that because I... It was just too difficult. Too cold. Yeah, that too water's cold. cold. Yeah, it's too long. <laughs> then I, would, I remember I was obsessed with hiking and I would hike six days a week. I know and your I, first date with Brooke little, is that intense hike. I haven't hiked since. Really? Mm, just Good. Got into yoga, which I love. Yeah, I'm going to take my person to I yoga. Love the yoga. But, and then um, I try to be present. Because sometimes you can't because your mind runs away with you. And you have to let it sometimes. You have to let your you mind. You have to let the tail go. How, like, when do you stop it? Where does it go? Does it well, ever I mean, stop? Normally, it's like a child, isn't it? You know, it can spin and spin and spin and then eventually it just settles down. Yeah. What yeah. do you stress about? What do you worry about? I, my only thing I ever stress about is work. It is? Because that's where you get your main sense of... Is, do men want to be successful? I can't speak for all men because I have friends who are quite happy doing nothing. 
doing nothing. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've got so many stories I want to tell. I still want to get them out. And I'm, you know, I also like in your mid forties, you're like, how many, it's that line, isn't it? From Rumblefish. How many more summers have I got? Yeah. You're going to die. and you want to How many more movies have I got? How many more stories have I got to tell? How am I going to tell these stories? Yeah. You know, am I going to get to work with the people I want to work with? Who do you want to work with? I mean, I really want to work with Tom Hardy. You like, do? For punishment. But yeah, I'd really like to work with him. Um, I've you, worked with some incredible actors. Can you invite Tom Hardy to Shabbat? And, uh, I don't think he'd come. Okay. <laughs> can you imagine? I can. What would be like? Um, incredible. I should invite Jason Statham. What are we doing? Oh, my God. What's that? Challah. Can't eat it. It's carbs. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Who else? So, okay, Tom Hardy. Oh, uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Uh, Emma Stone. Uh, that goes on and on. I mean, there's many actors I'd like to. Maybe Matt Damon. I, I came close to working with Matt Damon. What happened? We had a project together about the water crisis called Thirst. And then we don't. The end. <laughs> I love it. It's a great movie. The um, end. Well, goodness. You're not on antidepressants. No. You're dating and living with... Okay, relax. You're dating <laughs> and living with my best girlfriend, Brooke Dulian. Um, You have a child. You've got a great flourishing life. Let's do the wrap-up. You know what I mean? You've got things to look forward to. They say the three things you need to live are something to do, mm. someone to love, and something to look forward to. Meditate on that. Ruminate on that for a moment. Um, all right. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I love that you're ending the show. Okay. <laughs> no, but you, I thought you were doing the wrap-up. We are landing this plane for sure. Okay, wait. I do have one question, though. Sure. Do men, and you in particular, okay. since you're my guest today, uh, do you feel the need to be incredibly successful because, yes, you're interested in storytelling and everything, but is it more like men want to be successful because you pull a better... Uh, woman, or makes you feel like your no. self worth is in the thing, or, or or like power is no. like the goal for a man, right? No. Really? No. no. Really? No. I, okay. nev- I was a. I never met a lot of men like that. Never had like, a problem with that. No. No. It was. Ne- it's never been about. I need power. I need more women. Yeah. Money status. Money gets or money. You know. Money's great. Money's though. good and bad. Yeah. Because the more you get, the more you want. The more you. No, I just want to tell the stories. I you just do. want to be active. 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 Any more words of wisdom for young filmmakers looking up to you? Men who want to be you, girls who want yeah, to be you. No, you can't wait. You mustn't wait for the moment where you get permission. You have to go out and, and make stuff. That's the thing. That's the late because you're going to fail. And you have to love that failure because you, 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 that's how you prog- make progress. I wish I'd directed earlier. You do? Yeah. I, 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 you know, I was, I, was, I was an AD, so I was like, oh, you know. I was under 30 when I started, but if I'd have been under 25, oh. more stories. But you're here now, and uh, when are you going to propose to my girlfriend, Brooke Dulian? You think you're going to get married again? <laughs> Men love being put on the spot, right? That one's for you, Brooke. Anyway, I'm sorry. (laughs) Clock is ticking, okay? You know? (laughs) Okay. All right. So it's a great show. Uh, Elliot just spit on me and uh, I'm rubbing it into my body. But no disrespect, Brooke. And it's totally platonic. Uh, My boyfriend, whose name I will never say on this podcast because I'm territorial. But you did. I never said his name. You did. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I'll listen back. I don't think I did. Shit. Uh, I no, will have bleeped it out. you called him something else. Derek? 
No. Nigel? It doesn't matter. I'm sure he'll be immensely flattered. I'm not saying... I'm bleeping that out. Anyway, listen. Okay. We said it all. Yeah, we did. We live in, we're living our lives. Uh, you know, well, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. I can't believe I was a guest. Thank oh, my so God. Much. I know. It's a thrill. Amazing. For it's everybody. I know. Uh, well, bye. <laughs>